The secret weapon for me and my team practices this. This is an outward part of our brand and what has been the game changer for all of us. And I was doing it by accident at first. And then I realized it was the secret weapon and we've really grown it is more than gifts, more than parties, more than all of that. People love humility and gratitude. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Most of you know that my background's in real estate, so I always love talking with other real estate entrepreneurs. This week, it's Tyler Whitman from Million Dollar Listing New York. If you haven't seen him on there, you've got to check it out. It was really cool to hear his story because we dive into how he got started, all the challenges that he had to go through, and how he overcame them, and how... He ended up on the show with Ryan Serhant. I think there's a lot of lessons in here. Pay attention. You're going to be inspired. You may even cry a little bit. Give it a listen. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. And today I've got with me Tyler Whitman. And everyone knows this guy. If you don't, just go to Google. He's at the top search. He's such a great, fun individual. Very smart. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm excited, man. I've got a lot of questions for you because I'm in real estate out here. And when your name came across, I'm like, dude, I've got to interview this guy. We've interviewed Ryan Serhant so many different times. It's about time we interview somebody else. Yeah, right? so that, sounds, that sounds really boring. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, I'm, sure he'll, I'm sure he'll think the same thing. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually quite like Ryan. <laughs> no, he's such a nice guy, dude. One of the nicest guys. Very, very true. But Tyler, let's get into this, man. People watch you on TV and they see you on social. How'd you get started in this? Were you always a real estate agent or did you do the, the TV thing first? Oh, well, I guess the answer to both of those questions is no, actually. I moved to New York I didn't really have like a, much of a direction when I got here. You know, I'm from the South and wanted to get out of the South and, you know, was uh, not a place of happiness or comfort for me. And so I just got to New York and, you know, I was scrappy. I was super, super scrappy. And, you know, I was waiting tables at Planet Hollywood and Times Square you know, nice. humble beginnings. And then uh, I wasn't quite making ends meet. And so I was also one of those guys who stands in Times Square and sells theater tickets to, uh, to tourists. And Ooh. after living here for about a year, I uh, moved in with this guy, oh, a random person off of Craigslist. Um, and Perfect start. Perfect start, man. <laughs> you know, listen, you have to do what you got to do. Oh, I love that. And... Um, and Moved in with him. I was still doing the the Planet Hollywood gig, and anyway, he was a uh, he's a, a real he's still a real estate agent today. But this was back in two thousand and six, and um, anyway, and I saw his lifestyle, and I was like, oh, I was like, I think I could do that, and and so I got my license. He was mainly a rental agent. Rental is like a huge business in the city. We lived in the East Village. 
he had a ton of rental exclusives in the East Village. And so I got licensed and you know, we started working together on those. And it was interesting. I remember feeling like, I was like, I got a talent for this. I was like, I'm pretty good at it. And I think it was like, I was actually really enjoying the work. You know, what, I loved year, what year was that when you first started? It was like 2006, 2007. Oh, like right before it starts turning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, and so, but you know, you have to keep in mind, this is, a, I was fresh to New York. Uh, I was 20, 21, something like that. And, you know, it was just a much different time in my life. I it was, I was overweight. I was naive. I didn't, you know, I had nothing going on. And so I was really, I really struggled. You know, I wasn't making any money. I was getting, you know, I was slinging the rentals. By the time everything was split up, I was getting like 500 bucks a deal. Whoa. You know, and only doing like three or four of them a month, you know? And so I was only making like 20 grand that first year and living in New York City. You know, 20 grand is hard no matter where you live. Were you still working at Planet Hollywood too or no? Oh yeah. So pretty quickly after I started doing this, I did quit Planet Hollywood, but I was still doing the ticket sales in Times Square. And I always lived, this is like such like a throwback, but I always lived in this fear that one of my clients would see me in Times Square. (laughs) That's so true. I mean, did you you have have something in your head saying, I know what I'm going to say if I see them? Like... No, I was just going to hide. I was just going to hide. I mean, it was, it was, I lived in like this hysteria. It was something I had a sense of humor about because I was like, oh, they're going to find out I am not that successful. (laughs) I am not the real estate agent I present myself to be. But, you know, I will say that was a good lesson of fake it till you make it for sure. You know, because, you know, never, and I think you probably have a, your audience on this, probably a lot of real estate agents, right? Like a lot of people who are, And I think just entrepreneurs in general, there is, I think you can own where you are in your business because I know for me, like when I meet somebody who is new, but I can tell they're smart and they're hungry, there's part of me that wants to support them. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, we want to work, especially on like a real estate transaction, you want to work with somebody who's super seasoned, who is, you know, really, really successful. And so you, you know, it's hard to really own what you don't know. And I think that's the hardest thing about being new in any industry is like trying to find that balance of humility and being like, I need to learn this information, Mm -hmm. but also not being able to say, I don't know the answer to your question. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's true, especially in not only a field, but a place where it's so competitive. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You're going to feel like you're a little bit out of place, which makes a lot of sense. So tell me about how you start transitioning from barely making it because 20K anywhere, like you said, is is tough into like, okay, this is this is getting interesting. What was that next step? Because the year you started, everything started tanking like the year the next year. So yeah, you know, that whole making 20 to 30 grand a year thing for me, you know, my story is is long. You know, I, I struggled for a long time before I, I got like successful. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that. That's even better because a lot of people think that it's always a quick turnaround. Right. Yeah. But yeah. 
it takes years and then and then finally it's like okay i think i have something so yeah and I, I actually, one of the things I struggle with now are people who watch the show and they're like, you're an overnight success. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, you, you, yes, you saw me the day before it got successful, but you don't know how long I was waiting for the day before I got successful. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it is not overnight. <laughs> Dude, well, take me through that because you're coming in at a time when the whole world's going to suffer. How did you how did you make it through that or at least kind of stay alive? So I got, uh, you know, there was definitely a moment in my life that I look back, I kind of pinpoint as a pivotal moment in my career because I always had a foot out the door, both of real estate and living in New York City. You know, it was all too much for me and too hard. And I was like, and I didn't go to college. And so I didn't really feel like I had a fallback career. And so... I was like, I'm going to move back home, go back to school and figure out a different life. And when the 2008 crash happened, I was living in... My friend had an apartment deep in Brooklyn. Um, Not cool Brooklyn, like way, way out in Brooklyn. And she literally let me rent her walk-in closet. And I had a futon in her walk-in closet that was just big enough for like a futon... And, uh, and I lived on that for a year and I paid her like $400 a month. And that was like how I got by. And she had a, um, a lot of patience with me. (laughs) 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 That $400 a month was not easy. (laughs) um, But so when the, I, I remember I was, uh, sitting on her couch with her when, um, you know, when it announced that, uh, this crash was happening, and uh, you know Lehman Brothers had just filed bankruptcy, and yeah. uh, and I was like, well, I was like, that's it for me. I was like, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm done. I know. I was like, I was already broke, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I remember I was like, kind of making plans to go uh, uh, to go home, and. That was back in the day. We did all of our ads on Craigslist. And so I put up a Craigslist ad for a three-bedroom rental. And just so you know, I was slinging like $1,500 studio rentals. That was that was my career so okay. far. And I put up like a $6,000 three-bedroom just kind of randomly. And they were open listings. So they weren't our exclusive. You, know, you could just like advertise them. And, uh, and I got a phone call on it. And I was at happy hour and a little drunk <laughs> and, uh, and I almost, and, and so I just told, they were like, we really want to come see this apartment and a $6,000 three bed to me. I remember was a huge deal. And, and I just told them the truth. I was like, I'm happy to come. I was like, I just want to let you know. I was like, I've been at happy hour. I was like, I don't want, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want you to think that like, I'm, you know, unprofessional, but I can be there. And they were like, we don't care. It was like three young guys. Um, I went, ended up renting them an apartment. Um, and, and, you know, firstly to get, I think my commission on that was like 3000 bucks, which at the time was pretty game changing for me. You know, as somebody who had nothing, like I was like, okay, I was like, this gets me here a couple more months. Remember my rent was only 400 bucks. I had figured out how to eat real cheap. And, um, and so in my head, I was like, I could, maybe I can do this. Ended up really hitting it off with those guys. They had graduated from Princeton. And 
um, they sent me a bunch. It was ironic because I didn't go to college, but they sent me all these Princeton referrals. And the next, <laughs> I did like I did like eighty rentals over the next six months with people who had just graduated from Princeton, moving to the city. And Princeton became Harvard, and Harvard became Yale, and it grew into this ecosystem for me where I all of a sudden overnight did kind of have this really successful rental business because of one deal gone right. And, um, and that was, it wasn't like I was making huge money all of a sudden, but all of a sudden I could survive. Consistent though. Uh, A question here. You mentioned that you picked up the phone at happy hour. I mean, a lot of agents right now don't pick up the phone, man. So Tell me about that. What made you be like, what is this number? Did you, were you already in the habit of just picking up or tell me about that? Cause that's, that's sometimes lost in translation there. Not only was I not in the habit of picking up the phone, I was in such financial dire straits that I was at a spot in my life. When I looked at the phone ringing, I didn't know if it was a bill collector or a new client. And, and so I had so much fear behind answering the phone because I didn't have money to pay my bills. And I had a, I had a lot of financial issues at the time and they were chasing me. All right, let me, let me silence that. Um, Don't worry, dude. Don't worry. And so, um, so anyway, I had all these uh, debt collectors chasing me. I don't know why I answered the phone. And I have been asked that before. And I've wondered, I was like, you know, I was like, cause I had so much fear around the phone, but I do feel like, it was a higher power moment for me. I'm a spiritual man, you know, not like super organized religion, but I do believe that, you know, there's, there's something greater than me. And I feel like that was one of those moments before I understood what one of those moments could be, because not only did it lead to me finally having consistency, but Yale became a huge portion of my business. And it all kind of like led through that network. And these two guys who graduated from Yale, uh-huh. I got them their apartments and most of their friends, their apartments. And like a year later, at this point, I was, I was kind of like managing a rental team at this little rental chop shop. Uh, and this was back in, you know, this gets us up to probably like 2010. Okay. And, um, and so I started managing. And at this point, I remember my salary was $95,000 a year, which in New York is still a challenge. Um, you know, but it was, I, I at least again, had that consistency for the first time. Two of the guys that graduated from Yale reached out to me and they said, Hey, we're thinking about doing this real estate startup and wanted to see if we could pick your brain. And I said, uh, sure. You know, they were sending me a ton of referrals at the time. So I met up with them and, um, and we started, uh, ironing some things out and I mean, if you had told me what that would turn into, because that first meeting was definitely 2010. It went on for a couple of years. And in 2013, we started the company that I still work for today. What's, what's that? Uh, it's called Triple Mint. At the time, we had a different name. We rebranded in 2015. But in 2013, uh, we were called Sweetie. And it's spelled S-U-I-T-E-Y. I like that name, man. Was it? it was kind of cute. It was a branding nightmare. Everybody called us Sooty. And, um, you know, but we were really predicated on helping college graduates find their home in the city. Um, you know, and that was, that was kind of the business model and we were going into like all specialize it. 
And then we, you know, uh, of course, we were mainly dealing with Ivy League because that was the network and mm-hmm. people were getting big jobs and there were big sale opportunities. And at the time, I was not selling at all anymore. You know, I was on the executive team at the company. There were three of us at the time. And, you know, my title was head of sales and I was there to hire and train uh, a sales team and get that built out. And I really enjoyed it at first. You know, it was, I missed being forward facing. It was worth noting that in 2013, one of the reasons I took the job was because my weight had really spiraled out of control and I was about 400 pounds. Yeah. And and everybody listening in Google, Google right now, Google his name, Tyler Whitman spelled W H I T M A N. So you can see this guy's fit. Well, I'm looking at a fit guy. So 400 pounds, dude, how tall are you? Uh, I'm uh, six feet tall. Exactly six feet. Okay. So, so that's, that's pretty big, dude. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a big boy (laughs) and, and, you know, and I was just like, I, I, you know, my, my mental health wasn't doing well at the time. Um, You know, I was dealing with a lot of personal issues and, you know, and I did not want my clients to see me. I didn't want to be client facing at all. And that was part of the reason I was look back at that too, because I felt like that was a little bit of a higher power moment. But the only reason I took that job was because they caught me at a moment where I didn't want to be client facing. And I was like, sure. I was like, I'll hire agents and train them. Why not? I was like, because I don't want people to see me like this. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody yeah. to see what I've got going on. And Ended up doing that for a couple of years and really enjoyed it until we got to a certain size. You know, the company started to grow. We started to become pretty well known in the city. Mm-hmm. We got up to about 50 employees and it was just too big for me to do any. I, I didn't know what to do anymore. You know, I had never built a company to that size. And Phil and David, who were the two guys from Yale, they were the co-founders, and I was technically like the first hire. They you know, sat down with me because it was starting to become clear that I was, I was out of my, I was getting out of my league, but I was so proud of where we had gotten and I wanted to continue to be part of it. But I wanted to, I wanted to go back to being an agent and a lot of things had happened. I ended up getting weight loss surgery and, and I lost 200 pounds pretty rapidly. It was like over eight months. I lost 200 pounds. Damn, dude. And and so that I had the surgery at the end of 2015. And then in the middle of 2016, I was like, I was feeling great about myself. You know, it was like all of a sudden I was on top of the world. It was like the first time I really believed in myself and I really had self-love. And uh it was like ready to start taking some big I had taken I, I think like looking back, I'm proud of a lot of the risks I took, you know, from that from the the rental risks and meeting those guys when I did. And like I, I look back, it was like a series of risks that paid off, even though they felt like little things at the time. And and persevering through some things and weight loss surgery was a risk. Um, you know, and I started to, it took me about eight years before I could harness the power and, you know, and see, see what that could possibly lead to. And, um, and so at the end of 2016, I, uh, decided to go back to selling full-time and I was like, I want to stay at triple mint. But I want to. I was like, I, I don't want to be a leader anymore. I want to. I want to be doing my own thing. And I made this little. I turned my phone around 
And I made a little homemade video for free. And it was like, hey, everybody, I'm, you know, it's Tyler Whitman. You may not recognize me. I've lost 200 pounds. I've been running this company. It's a startup. You may not have heard of us. It's Triple Mint. And I'm going back to selling full time. So if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent, give me a call. It was super homemade. Sent it out to my entire database and got inundated. I mean, it was just like asking you shall receive. You know, it was like, it was uh, so many opportunities. And I hired uh, Josh and Ashley uh, as my first team members. And the Whitman team was born April 1st of 2017. Um, That's pretty cool, dude. It was cool. It, and it was another moment because 2017, we did not make very much money. You know, we had a lot of opportunities coming in, but we were getting our sea legs. You know what I mean? Like um, we we had a lot to learn. We had a lot of systematical things that we were working through. And I'm very, very fortunate that Josh and Ashley are the two people that I was gifted with who showed up when the opportunity was there. They're still on my team today. Um and and we built this, you know, we built this machine and it was crazy because at the end of 2017, none of us made any money. <laughs> but you were having fun. We were having fun. And, you know, the grand total. So like grand total commissions that we brought in were like half a million dollars. But, you know, I told the company, I was like, listen, I want a standard thing. So, you know, the company got their cut. And then uh, we we did pay an assistant. We had these marketing expenses. So by the time we all like took our fair share of things, none of us made over a hundred grand that year. And um, and so the next year, which was 2018, mm-hmm. we started to find our stride. You know, we started to hit some bigger sales. Um, and that year, you know, we we tripled our total commissions. And uh, we brought in, I remember we brought in $1.6 million. And um, and I was really starting to feel myself, right? Like I had turned into a little bit of a social scene party guy. And, um, you know, I was making like big money for the first time in my life. Um, you know, I'd made several hundred thousand dollars, which was uh, the first time I had made that kind of money. And, uh, and I went to see a fish concert in Vegas for Halloween. And uh, while I was there, my phone kept ringing and I thought I was getting catfished. And it was uh, somebody who wanted to talk to me about joining the cast of Million Dollar Listing. And you know what? Like little old me, like I, I had a little business. I worked for a startup. I wasn't at like one of the big brand names. And I was like, what the? I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, you do not want me to be on million dollar listing. (laughs) I watched the show. I was like, I have seen, I have seen the archetype of the cast member. And, uh, you know, and so the whole time I really was convinced that somebody was pulling one over on me. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I had been doing for all of 2018 was making quirky videos and putting them all over Instagram. Listen, you know, I had a very small following at the time. I was getting like less than a hundred views per video. They were not a big deal. Um, You know, nobody really, but I had them done professionally. I invested a little money into them. And it's called Whitman Wisdom. It's still alive and well today. (laughs) And uh, I still do it to this day. It's a- What's What's your Instagram handle? It's at Tyler Whitman. And 
anyway, and this person was like, Hey, we've seen your videos. We're looking for a new cast member for million dollar listing. And we want it to be somebody who's kind of up and coming. You know, we want it to be somebody who is um, building their business and uh, we wanted to meet with you. So I went to one meeting and it was very fast for me. Next thing I knew, I, it was like a month later, I was filming and I was, I was on the show and it was the most, it was the most insane moment. And like, and again, it was like a series of risks because everybody, when I started posting Whitman Wisdom videos, I was not getting that many views. And the feedback was, you've lost your damn mind. Like this is, this is career suicide. You're being way too quirky, way too gay, way too over the top, way too this, way too that. And it turned out I was being just right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was like a, such a lesson of just like being yourself and being authentic, whether it's everybody's flavor doesn't matter. And like a mentor uh, that I still work very closely with today said to me, and this was back in 2016, because it was when Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump were up for election. And he kept saying, he was like, he's like, always be yourself, always be exactly who you are and know that you can take over this world, even if only five to 10% of the population loves you, because look at our two candidates, two of the most hated people on the planet, and one of them, one of them's about to be in charge, you know, and like, and that was such like a powerful moment for me because, you know, I was like, oh, right. I was like, every time I, every time I turn on the news or whatever, I was like, it's all about how much these two people are hated. And it was like, and yet they're going to be the two most popular people in the world right now. You know, they're going to be in charge. And I was just like, and I, that was what motivated me. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm over the top. I'm quirky. I'm funny. The stereotypical real estate agent in New York City is super buttoned up, very professional, you know, very, very tight, very elegant. (laughs) And, you know, this is not me. It's not me, you know? And like, um, and so I made these videos and it's so crazy to know that like the almost instant gift, instant being a year later, right? So like we're all into instant gratification and the grand scheme of life, a year is nothing. Um, I think, you know, COVID just taught us that. I mean, it's just flown by, but... (laughs) Um, but in the grand scheme of life, a year is nothing. And to know that a year of doing these videos, I was cast on the most popular real estate reality TV show in television history. I mean, it's just like such a check mark on thank you. You know, just thank you. <laughs> it's um, it was amazing. I love that. A couple of questions on on a couple of things you said. Going back to the video that you did, the homemade video that when you decided, hey, I'm going to go all in on real estate, did you just send that out with your phone or was it like a CRM or just one-on-one, one-one? Tell me, how, how was that? Because that's a question that people are thinking. I, I listen and uh, I'm the definition of humble beginnings. I had no CRM. <laughs> and uh, so I uploaded it. And through Google, found a company called BombBomb. Um, they send out these. They send out uh, these videos. Um, I signed up for it. It synced with both of my Gmails and pulled all, everybody's email. <laughs> so there was no organization to it. I was like, if we've nice. sent email to each other before, you're about to get <laughs> <laughs> watch out. <laughs> I know it went to literally everybody. Every I also, by the way, you should always know when you send out a mass email like that, you're also going to get some nasty emails back. Um, yeah, so you just got to have some thick skin. Not everybody's. I have. I, there's like. 
I, I love being on the show. I love being in the public eye. Um, but you know, I would say I'd be lucky if, uh, if half the people who follow me are actual fans and the other half are people who can't stand me, but for whatever reason, follow me anyway. And like, whatever. I mean, they're, they're getting my algorithms up by the way. So I'm just nothing but grateful. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you deal with that criticism or with some of that hate? Because even if they're not people that are listening in as entrepreneurs, business owners, even if you're not in the eye like you, right? They're still going to get some hate, rejection. How do you deal with that? It was hard for me at first. Um, I worked with a um, life coach on this. And right when I got cast on the show, um, it wasn't public news yet. And an article came out about me and the real deal that was like speculating that I was a cast member, but it wasn't like an official announcement. And the real deal used to have a comment section that was always kind of a vicious comment section. And uh, somebody wrote a novel about me and why I shouldn't be on the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it said a lot of really terrible things about me. And unfortunately, I could tell from reading it that this person knew enough personal details about me that it was somebody in my life that wrote it. Whoa. I was like, I was like, oh, and... And I, I won't lie, I mean, it hit me like a dagger. I mean, it was like devastating to know that. I was like, oh, somebody that I shared those things with feels this way about me, you know, and is saying this about me. And I remember it was, uh, I, I cried myself to sleep and I called a life coach that I had a very strong relationship with. And, um, uh, and he said, you know, he, he helped me work through a lot of things, but one of the things he was like, visualize this. He was like, how many of your friends, he's like people that you actually respect and admire, sit around and write nasty comments about people online. He's like, he's like, just picture them. He's like, and if one of your close friends was the kind of person who wrote those kind of comments, he was like, what would you think? He's like, would it change your opinion of them? Would you respect them? Would you want, you know, would you have feedback for them? Would you, you know, and I was like, I was like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because nobody I like and nobody I respect would write comments online. And he's like, exactly. He's like, it's the best pool of humanity. It's absolute degenerates. And it's usually really, and he was like, if you can just imagine, he's like, when you think about the person who's sitting at their computer, writing these awful things, he was like, what do you imagine? I was like, misery. I imagine somebody who's really unhappy, somebody who has a lot of, and then I almost went to a place of compassion. So it's like, we're somebody who has like a lot of trauma, somebody who's like really damaged, lives a really angry life. And, um, and I check in with that every time, you know, because I'm just like, wow, I was like me just doing my thing on the internet, me selling a house, me being on a TV show affects you like that. It's like, like affects you in a way that you can't just live your life and focus on what makes you happy. Even if I'm not your flavor, right? If I'm not your cup of tea, I'm definitely not mean. I know I'm not mean. I don't do mean things to people. I've made mistakes that I have to own up to, but I was like, you know, it's really helped me to just like really use that visualization technique of being like, what is the kind of person who sits around and does this kind of stuff? And like, is that somebody that I'd respect anyway? Like if we were sitting here and having that conversation face to face, I can take criticism. I actually really enjoy criticism. It makes me think. I like to be challenged. You know, I'd like to rework the way that I do things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 
I'm blindly making mistakes, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving through just kind of like in my zone and taking step after step and being like, this works, this is good for me. And sometimes it takes somebody from the outside to be like, dude, like I know about myself that I can get really excited and talk about things in my life that I'm really proud of. And people are like, dude, like you sound very privileged right now, like obnoxiously privileged. And like, that is feedback that I enjoy because I'm like, Oh wait, I'm like, sorry, sorry. I was just excited. I was just, you know, I was just really excited about this thing that had happened, but you're right. Like I wasn't taking into consideration the audience and like the people around me and like that was privileged. So if somebody's having that kind of conversation with me, I really value it. But if they're just being nasty, then I'm like, please, like, I, I don't have time for you. Like, you don't get in my energy bubble. Like, you don't, you don't get on this bus ride. I'm sorry. But if you're here to make me better, if you're here to, like, hold up a mirror and be like, I like you, and that's why I'm telling you this. Like, you know, you can work on this. And, like, that's those are the kind of people I allow in my life. And that's the kind of criticism I allow in my life. Um, you know, I learned a lot of that from Brene Brown. You know, she's like, if you're not, if you're not doing the work, then I don't care about your opinion. And like, that's, that's really where it is for me. I'm like, if you're coming from a place of like, I'm trying this too, and here's what I've experienced and here's what I see in you, then I'm all about it. But if you're just sitting back being like, you suck. <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay. I'm like, you look really lonely over there. <laughs> <laughs> Which we get a lot of anyway. So that's funny. Right. That's yeah. very funny. Let's talk about relationships and relationships business-wise here because okay. you've done such a great job, um, whether you you knew it or not at the beginning, bringing in these guys from Princeton and then growing that whole rental organization. Tell me, what is it that you do that makes you stand out with the relationships that you're building here that they come back to you? Is it just you being you or... Does it involve other things like parties, gifts, or just anything along those lines? The secret weapon for me and my team practices this. This is an outward part of our brand and what has been the game changer for all of us. And I was doing it by accident at first. And then I realized it was the secret weapon and we've really grown it. Is more than gifts, more than parties, more than all of that. People love humility and gratitude. And it also keeps me in a great space to always, instead of like worry about the future and be like, you know, totally stressed out. um, I make sure every single person who does business with me and uh, who comes into my life knows that I'm super grateful for them. You know, and I make, I tell them to their face. I don't write them a card. I'm like, Hey, I want to let you know, I don't, I don't take this lightly. I know you could give your business to anybody and you choose me. And that means the world to me, you know, like I, I take my business very seriously. And the fact that you, the fact that you choose me out of all the people you could choose to do this business with and this transaction with, it means the world to me. It makes me want to get better. It makes me want to be stronger. And, um, you know, and I just, I just wanted to make sure you know that I've been saying that for a long time. I learned that one from my mama <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 
you know, but it's the, it's the truth. And, um, I finish my closing line on every single listing pitch I go on. And it's something I genuinely believe. And, and, and the more I say it, the more I learn it. And the more I learn it, the more I experience it is I believe every single listing I get changes my life, whether it's big or small, it brings new people in my life. Obviously it brings new, uh, a new financial situation in my life. Every single deal I close and every single deal that comes in changes my life in some sort of way. And it's my closing line at every single listing pitch I go on. As I, and, I, and I say it, I'm like, listen, I believe every listing I have changes my life. And I know that being here today is going to change my life and selling your house is going to change my life. And I take that very seriously. And I want to let you know, I would love this opportunity. Um, how do you maintain that? How do you maintain that humility and sense of gratitude through the process of the transaction and, and after? Because it can get kind of tough. So conversations get can get kind of heavy. It's a practice, you know, and it's something that um, outside of expressing it to them, you know, really up front and, uh, and then towards the end, you know, for me, I do a gratitude practice in the morning. It just gets me into that mindset of like, you know, like when I'm about to have difficult conversations, difficult business conversations, I remind myself that there was a time in my life when I was making 20 grand a year and I would be killing to have the opportunity to have a conversation like this. Like if you told me that I'd be negotiating a $10 million deal and it'd be hard, I would have gotten on my knees and begged for this. <laughs> I would have begged for it, you know? And so like, I'm so lucky that I difficult conversation today. Like, thank God I am where I am and that I get to have this experience because it worked. You know, I got where I am today. And like that, that puts me in that I'm like getting emotional just saying it, but like, you know, it's like, these are, these were things that didn't exist for me for a long time. Things that I really struggled with. And, um, you know, I do, I feel very lucky, very lucky to be where I am. Well, dude, I feel it, man. I, I mean, sh- talking to you, I, I feel I understand what you mean. I feel your humility. I love talking to you, by the way. Very, very authentic <laughs> and sincere. So thank you. thank you. Thank you for doing that, man. It's really nice that that you're doing it out there because it helps it helps the idea of what a real estate agent is at a high level. So so that people start seeing that we're we're better than what people think yeah. of real estate agents, right? So Thank you for that. And tell me how you do that after. So after it closes, how do you maintain that relationship so that so that it grows? And you do get these calls, like from what was it from the Yale guys, right? Yeah, why, yeah, the hell, yeah. why the hell they call you back? Exactly. So firstly, I'm selective. I don't. I don't want every relationship for a long time, right? Like I don't have. Um, you know, and, and I think that was, uh, a learning moment for me as well in my career to realize I was like, it's okay to not want every relationship and being selective and being like, Oh, I have a real connection with these people. Like, these are the people that I want to continue to do business with for the rest of my life. And I want as many of those kind of relationships as I can possibly have and going all in on those and letting the others just be whatever they're going to be. You know, I always have gratitude. I'm always really grateful, but you know, if there's somebody that I was like, that was a really difficult person. We did not speak the same language. I never felt like they fully trusted me. Um, those, you know, trust is really what comes down to whether or not a transaction is going to be a success, in my opinion. Because if people, if people don't believe my, all I'm doing is giving advice. Brokers are just good advice givers, you know, but we can't make you do anything. And so if somebody's not trusting my advice, 
then I do get to the point where I'm like, why was I here? Like, you know, why, you know, like, why was I involved in this transaction? You didn't trust me. And it made my job a nightmare. I'm also not happy with the outcome because you didn't take any of my advice and we didn't get the outcome we were looking for. (laughs) And and then you're blaming us because you didn't take my advice. Exactly. You know, and so, uh, so anyway, you know, so, but there's thankfully, because I do feel like I've, I've done a good job of being authentic and people do trust me. Those are the relationships I go all in on. And if I really like them, I'm very good at becoming uh, not fake friends, like genuine friends. Like if I, I would like to work with people that I genuinely love. I hang out with them. I go out with them. And, you know, it's not, I, they're not client events. They're dinners with friends. <laughs> you know, they're, um, mm, they're the, it, cool. it, it's doing things with people that I love. And, um, you know, one thing that's really beautiful about being in real estate is that, uh, you know, we all have we all have the same thing in common. We all need a place to live and we want it to be a place that we love. And we want it to be a place that's going to be a safe investment for us. And like, I want to be as part of that for as many people I love as possible. That's why if you Google me right now, you'll see I have listings for $400,000 and I have listings for $15 million. You know, I really run the whole gamut because the story behind each of those listings is it's a person I really care about. And I just find out that like, if I'm working with a bunch of people I care about, the money's going to take care of itself. Dude, now I know who to send referrals to in New York. So thank you. Please do. We'll hook it up now. (laughs) I I didn't even know. So that's good. Good people. Let's go. (laughs) Dude, I I feel it. So let's talk now a little bit about the transition into the show because you said it happened super quick, obviously, you know, after a while. But how was like the first few months and how did you adjust? Were there any? big surprises like holy crap i'm really here or was it like kind of like oh cool uh you know it was it was nothing like what i expected you know you're getting on uh reality tv on you know a very popular reality tv network and all the rumors were what I assumed was, you know, it's super scripted. They're going to put you, you're going to have to fight a lot. You know, there's going to be lots of drama. And I had a lot of anxiety around that stuff. I'm not a fighter. I'm not somebody who, um, and I'm also not an actor. I'm really good. At, <laughs> I'm really good at, it's kind of like dancing. I love to dance. And I actually think I'm a good dancer at the club. But like, I actually, I love dancing so much that I took dance classes and I was horrible. It's like, all of a sudden you give me choreography <laughs> and I'm done. Like, I can't do it. I'm like, but just give me a beat. And let me do whatever the, whatever the hips are going to do. Right. <laughs> um, but try to control them. And we have a situation on our hands. Yeah. It's the same way with acting. Like, if you give me a script, um, I can't. You know, I've got to, I've just got to go off the cuff with everything. And so, um, you know, the surprises for me was, you know, when we, when we're filming, the producers just get in a closet and you just do what you're doing, you know, and like, they'll come out every now and then if something's not making any sense, but for the most, and I was like, I remember just being like, oh, I was like, so I'm just going to do everything I usually do, except there's a microphone taped to me and cameras behind me. And that was, that was mind blowing and also terrifying because then, you know, I was still dealing with a lot of less than feelings because, you know, the other cast members have huge businesses, you know, they were selling much more expensive properties than me, you know, and if you follow me on the show, you know, my typical price points are like the two, three, four million stuff when they're selling like the 15, 20, $30 million stuff. And 
you know, I'm very proud of my price points. I love my clients, but you know, I'm still, it's like death by comparison, Um, (laughs) you know? And, and so, you know, I was like, Oh God, I was like, I'm not like these people. And it was, um, you know, so that was definitely, uh, challenging. And I opened up to the producers about that, you know? And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm just so worried. And they kept reminding me and they're like, don't forget, like, this is the side of real estate we want to show now. You're the side of real estate. Ah. And it was, I, I did, I had to remind myself of that a lot. Cause I would, I would lose myself in the fear. It was the first time I was like, Oh my God, I was like millions of people watch this show and they're all going to think that I'm like this weird failure who is not nearly as good as everybody else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and so getting used to that, there's also just like a lot of logistical things that are tough. I thought, uh, uh, two huge misconceptions. Uh, one was that all of my clients were going to be so excited and want to be on the show, um, where, you know, most people are actually very private about their real estate and don't want to be on the show. Um, and so, you know, it was like, and then for me selfishly, because, you know, what we show on the show becomes part of our brand, right? Like it becomes like, these are the kind of properties I sell. This is how I navigate situations. And, you know, so there'd be certain homes and people that I had a really good connection with that I was like, come on, I want to show the world this. I want to show what, them what like, we're working on yeah. and, you know, trying to be very careful and selective. And I've been very lucky that I've had a lot of really awesome people agree with me to do it. I've also had some people that I really wanted to show who wanted nothing to do with it. So I didn't get to show those stories. Wow. Um, you know, and so that was, that was certainly a challenge. The other thing was that I was like, after this airs, I was like, my phone is going to blow up. And the opposite was also true. I think being on TV makes me seem unattainable. You know, I think, especially in the price point that I specialize in, you know, which is like a lot of my business is under 10 million. And I think like under 5 million specifically, all of a sudden assumes that I'm the 10, 20, $30 million guy. And that like, I don't have time for these two, three, $4 million listings. Oh, I actually had to do a lot of backtracking because I would see like, uh, not a ton, but a few times, like clients I had really strong relationships with listing with somebody else. And I would reach out to them. I was like, Hey, is everything okay? And they're like, Oh yeah, we just thought you didn't, you know, you probably wouldn't want to work with somebody like us anymore. And I was like, I will never, I just want everybody to know who's listening. I will never be too cool for a sale. I think $400,000 is a ton of money. I think I think $4 million is a ton of money. I think, you know, I think whatever you are spending, I think it's a ton of money and I want my team to be part of it. Okay. I will never be too cool for a sale. Um, but people thought I was too cool for a second. So I had to go back and remind them. I was like, I'm still here. <laughs> I was like, just so you know, I was like, this is how I pay my bills. Real estate is how I pay the bills. <laughs> Dude, I love that. So then what what are you noticing since you've been in it now for what three four ish years? Um, the team or the show? The show. The show. Um, you know, my first season aired at the in the middle uh, towards the end of 2019. Okay. But then, um, you know, but then we really we didn't air at all in 2020 because of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. So so I've only been on two seasons. All right, so two seasons now. And what are you noticing is is happening with your brand? What what are some good things that you think? Uh, I mean, listen, once and this is actually uh, 
something that Ryan was super helpful with was he was like, people aren't going to call you. He's like, but you do have a great hook now. He's like, you have a huge stamp of approval. And so the things that we're really starting to see is that my my marketing is much more effective now. People are stopping and listening. They're interested, you know, because of what the platform has done to validate the work that I do uh, has made, you know, the return on investment on my marketing is definitely much more tremendous. The amount of eyes that are on my listings uh, for my clients has uh, exploded by, you know, insane multiples, at least 10x, if not more. Um, you know, I find it's been great for me to bring talent onto my team. Um, you know, for for top agents who are looking to grow their career, um, you know, to come and join me and do what I'm doing and stand beside me and leverage the platform and the brand to help with their business has been huge. Um, and then, uh, just in general, for triplement, I mean, getting triplement. You know, it was just like all of a sudden overnight, you know, because they they show a lot that I'm a big part of that company and growing that company and that we were small. You know, that's been the the biggest dream come true of all. You know, I was there when there were three of us sitting around a table. Now there's like 400 of us in multiple oh. markets. And, wow. it, you know, it's become a, a huge... Yeah, we're, I, I can't talk about the numbers, but we're in the middle of our Series B right now. The valuation on the company has exploded, um, you know, and that is uh, to say that the show uh, played no small part in that. <laughs> you know? oh, dude, I bet. It's like, I don't know how to quantify it. I can't like put like exact numbers and ratios on it. But I mean, gosh, I mean, the platform is insane. It's insane. I just had to learn how it just took like a second to learn how to use it, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be in terms of the outcome. Uh, But once I learned, thankfully from Ryan's advice, uh, how to, how to make it work for our business, um, the results have been beyond my wildest dreams. Just be honest. I like that. That's actually really good advice. It makes sense now that you, you said it. All right. So everyone listening in, make sure you follow him on Instagram, find him online, watch the show and reach out to him if you have any referrals for NYC. Oh, please. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tyler. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.